KCIUT 89.5 FM, celebrating 35 years as the sound of your city. Proudly student and listener-supported community radio. Always unique. Always eclectic. Always colorful. Celebrate 35 years with CIUT as the sound of your city. Fundraising is on now. Go online to CIUT.FM to donate. We thank you for your support. And welcome. Yes, you are indeed listening to the Radical Reverend Show here. I'm your host, Sherry DeNovo. I'm in studio with Sid Lacombe from International Socialists. And we're here for one reason today, and that is to show our support for this station, 35 years young. I think I've been here for about 25 of those 35 years. Uh, and here you're going to hear uh, people playing what nobody else plays, and you're going to hear people saying what nobody else says. Uh, and uh, you know that from our show, uh, Left, Left, or Leftist panel. You know it from our show, uh, you know, Law and Disorder panels. You know it from our show uh, with the poets, uh, priests, and politicians panels. Um, so all of that, it comes to you here uh, from the Radical Reverend Show. So please go online and donate now. Mention the show. And I want to give a shout out to Jinx Jennifer Hoffman, who has uh, already donated. Um, Sid, who's in the, in, the, in the studio with me live, who's, who's donating. And you should be next. So again, www.ciut.fm. You could win a trip, all expenses paid, for two to Iceland. So I'm just holding that out there. Uh, but Sid, welcome to the Radical Reverend Show. Great to have you in-house. Oh, thank you very much, Sherry. Thanks for inviting me. So uh, we were talking before we got on air about Bill 23, um, paving the Green Belt Bill. <laughs> That's our name for it. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, at COP27, both things are kind of on the agenda. Uh, you talked about demonstrations uh, around, you know, what's happening uh, with the climate crisis that isn't getting any better. Talk about that a little bit. Uh, sure. I mean, there was a Global Day of Action on Saturday, November 12th, where there was demonstrations around the world to sort of coincide with the COP27 meetings. People have largely given up on the idea of trying to influence the COP meetings because they've been shown to be a, a completely sham process. I mean, the, the most of the people who end up showing up there, I mean, we've got world leaders, but most of the discussions are dominated by oil industry lobbyists. Um, this COP27 this year, of course, was sponsored by Coca-Cola, one of the largest distributors of plastic in the world. Um, when you look at, uh, you know, the amount of plastic they use for their, their bottles in particular. Um, and, of course, we, we don't expect anything to, to change, especially when you see the, the choice of venue, um, which is Sharm el-Sheikh in, in Egypt, which, of course, is a, a giant luxury resort that the vast majority of Egyptians will never have any access to. And the fact of the matter is, if they're holding something like the COP meetings in a police state, it shows the real lack of commitment to climate justice, which is sort of the central theme uh, that came out from the mobilizations that were happening um, on, on the weekend. And so it was, you know, the central idea of this was to be able to build the international network of, of people who are focusing on the question of climate justice. And as a part of it, because it 
it was being held in Egypt, he used the, the COP meetings as a chance to highlight the human rights abuses. 60,000 political prisoners are languishing in, in jails in Egypt, um, and the Western powers are not going to do anything about it because of how central Egypt is to their larger imperial project. And so they do not want to upset the Egyptian dictatorship. In fact, what we're generally doing with the Egyptian dictatorship is arming them and cutting oil deals with them. So obviously that process wasn't going to, to uh, um, change things at the COP meetings, but it was a fantastic demonstration. The thing that happened here in Toronto, we had really good representation from trade unions, from various different social justice groups, um, uh, groups from, from Egypt, from Pakistan, who have been dealing with some of the worst um, impacts of climate uh, change, um, Indigenous Environment Network. We actually did a, a very good sort of shutdown at Young and Bloor in front of the RBC offices, because RBC, of course, is one of the main funders of the of the the CGL pipeline which is being pushed through Wet'suwet'en territory so it was a really great coming together of a whole series of different groups working on the question of climate justice and uh, speaking here on the radical Reverend show with uh, Sid Lacombe from international socialists uh, but I'm speaking to you out there in listener land as well we are so very live here and about this radio station uh, we are besieged by mainstream media as you know um, much of it is it bleeds if it leads or represents uh, Present the agendas of their ownership, uh, which are not our agendas. Uh, so, so the importance of alternative radio that's truly alternative, doesn't just use the word, uh, in everything that we do here, from the music that we play here and from the guests that we have here, you will not hear them anywhere else. Radical Reverend Show is one of the very, very few that represents progressive uh, faith uh, across not only Canada, but the world, but also so um, a kind of the you know Christian left conference which uh, I organized in the city um, looking at issues like that and the fact that uh, justice is what we should all be about I've um, as I said silicone from International Socialist is my guest here um, but you are also the guest so please just go online you can call in that's true uh, but I know most of you will find it much easier just to go to www.cut.fm and uh, donate there. We would love it if you mentioned the Radical Reverend Show. Sid, I want to get back to you. Um, paving the Green Belt, though, here at home, um, what, what's that about? What, and I'm just going to jump in here at first because I, you know, oh, my goodness. Um, so what we're talking about is Ford trying to develop uh, protected green space in Ontario. And bizarrely enough, Developers seemed to know that was going to happen um, because they were buying up the land way before the election of this government. And, you know, they're poised to, to get started tomorrow. What's that about? Uh, well, that's about the fact that they make billion-dollar donations, well, huge donations to the Ford government, and they're going to make billions of dollars off of, of the development in the Green Belt. But yeah, I mean, it, it's it's corruption on a level that is, is kind of astounding how open and overt it is. Um, and we knew that this was going to happen. Of course, before Ford was originally elected, there was a video that was leaked of him in a backroom meeting with a whole group of developers talking about the fact that he was, in fact, going to open up the Green Belt for, for paving. He then went on to, or for development, and he went on to say that uh, that that was not true <clears throat> and that he was in fact going to protect the green belt but of course those billionaire uh, donors need more yacht money so he's decided that he's going to um, destroy really really significant sections of natural habitats in Ontario for the benefit of, of his billionaire friends and that just seems to be the way Ford operates. I mean there, there really isn't anything else to his agenda beyond the fact
fact that he wants to make sure that the rich get richer. We're seeing it with privatization of, of health care as well. I'm, the reason why they have not put any more money out of the, you know, the economic statement yesterday, they're not putting more money into the health care system, is because it's really helpful for them to see the health care system collapse because that's how you make the argument for privatization. And we know this, we've seen this before in other jurisdictions around the world, and Ford is obviously moving in that direction as well. Um, and that's just simply who he operates for. He operates for that section of the 1%. He knows that he can get away with it because ultimately he only needed 1.8, what was it, 1.8 million votes. So 18% of eligible voters in Ontario voted for him, and that gives him a majority. And so he, he seems to think that he can get away with this. Of course, he's got a little bit of a problem on his hands right now because we've started to see people fighting back against Ford. And so beyond, you know, obviously what's going on with the paving of the green belt, which is also not simply about paving the green belt. It's also about starving municipalities for infrastructure money that they're going to need to be able to support these new developments. It's also about rewriting rules around tenancy in a number of different ways, which is going to make it easier for people to be renovicted from apartments in a situation where they're, they're we're seeing a, a significant housing crisis, in particular a significant rental housing crisis. And so again, who's that benefiting? It's going to benefit the banks, it's going to benefit the developers, and it's going to benefit the landlords. And those are the people that Doug Ford is working for, despite the fact that he says that he's here for the little guy. We uh, we saw some of that significant pushback. Um, we actually broadcast here on CIET uh, 89.5, which I hope you are going to your computer to donate. Any donation amount is good, folks. You don't have to be wealthy. It doesn't have to be a lot. Um, just get your, you know, what you can afford in and uh, fear not, you know, we're all in the same boat. Everybody is just struggling to get by. Uh, this is the world of 2022 in Ontario. Um, but even even more reason to give. Um, the fact that uh, in a sense you can't afford it, that's why you need to give so that one day we can afford it. Um, and uh, Alternative Radio makes that possible. So we were out for the demonstration, uh, you know, of the education workers. We were interviewing, we interviewed the head of the OFL uh, as we interviewed others on site at that demonstration. There were thousands of people at Queen's Park. Uh, really, this was about the Ford government, you know, bringing in a bill, Bill 28, that uh, broke the law, essentially, that went flew in the face of the charter rights uh, to organize and to assemble, and, uh, and then forced uh, the workers out onto the street and then threatened to uh, fine them $4,000 a day. These are people that make 39000 a year um, to, to keep them there. Uh, there was such an outcry from uh, all the unions, just about, um, certainly a majority of them, about this. Uh, and so guess what? Round one, workers. <laughs> Round one, Ford, nothing. Um, uh, so, to, you know, just yesterday the bill was unanimously voted out. Um, and uh, the workers are back to negotiate. But we're just at the beginning of this. So what, what do they need to win, uh, Sid? Well, I mean, I think that... The, the the events that happened last week and the, the sort of mass action was a real shot across the bow for Ford. Um, and I think, I don't know that I've ever seen him in a situation where he looked like he was actually terrified. It looked like he'd seen a ghost when he was doing his press conference announcing that they were going to be pulling back from, from uh, Bill 28. And it's because I think he just assumed that he would be able to, to steamroll over this particular group of workers. And what they showed um, was that they, in their masses, were not going to take this and were going to actually
actually get out there. And so it was a fantastic victory um, in, in many different ways. And the thing that I think was really significant about it is it's broadened everybody's horizons. It's given people the sense that there is a way to push back against this guy in a, in a way that we have not seen in a long, long time. There were mass actions against Ford prior to the pandemic. Um, we remember it was February 21st, 2020. So just three weeks before the pandemic was actually called, where all four of the largest teachers unions in, in Ontario struck. And there was a massive demonstration at Queen's Park as well with tens of thousands of people. His poll numbers dropped like a stone. They recovered, of course, during the pandemic because people are very confused under those circumstances. And I think that was part of the problem. But what it has done is it's shown that there is a mass appetite to fight back against Ford. It was also a pull of attraction for people even outside of the organized trade union movement. We saw people who were coming from, you know, backgrounds as gig workers, as, as others who have, are experiencing the, the kind of sort of crushing weight of, of the cost of living crisis coming out in numbers as well. And so it showed that there is the possibility of mass unity to be able to push back on this. And merely the threat of a general strike ended up scaring Ford enough that he had to go back and, and, and sort of uh, rescind Bill 28. But we also know that this is not over at all. The bully, you know, ended up receiving a bloody nose, but he's still in charge of the schoolyard at this point. And as we say, he's still trying to pave the green belt. He's still trying to privatize um, uh, health care. He's going to use, um, I think, the education workers as a sort of a way to bounce off the teachers to be able to create a divide and uh, conquer strategy between the higher paid teachers and the lower paid education workers. We're already seeing that in some of the rhetoric that he's putting forward. And so there's certainly a lot more time that needs to be sort of uh, a lot more that needs to be done over the next little while. And the pickets and the people who are out there need to be prepared to get out there again. Well, we're going to take a little bit of a break, a musical break here. Uh, we're, we're pick, we've picked, you know, this is uh, with uh, the internet and us, uh, four of the top protest songs of all time. Uh, and the very first one, Killing in the Name, Rage Against the Machine. While you're listening, folks, go to your computers, do it on your phone, wherever you have access, and please donate. The Radical Reverence Show needs you. Uh, Real Alternative Radio needs you. You need us. Um, let's work together and keep this phenomenal little station that could on the air. Uh, listen to the song. Come back after.
what they told ya. Now you do 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 what they told ya. And welcome back here to the Radical Reverend Show. We need your donations. Please donate. I will happily give you a shout out, and I already have Jennifer Hoffman, Siddle Combe, in the studio live. Uh, and uh, we are talking about what we always talk about in the Radical Reverend Show, and that is uh, the real news, uh, the real news that you experience, not the news that you may see on mainstream media. Uh, and a part of that news, of course, uh, is the affordability of living. Um, and this has been something that the right wing, um, we've heard Polyev and we've heard Ford talk about, you know, making life more affordable. 
affordable. Well, guess what, folks? It's not. <laughs> it is not more affordable. Uh, it's more affordable for uh, the elites, and they're happy to use those, you know, the have-nots against the have-yachts. Um, but, in fact, they're working for the have-yachts. <laughs> That's who they're mm-hmm. working for. Because if you opened up any of your utility bills lately, um, you will be shocked and you will probably not be able to afford them. And all those folk who maybe voted for Ford out in the suburbs who drive to work, um, have to fill up at the, at the pump, and then they have to go home and pay their heating bills at home. Uh, and they can't afford to put $25,000 into, you know, a thermal pump or whatever. Um, they, they're just barely getting by on their average salary of 55000 a year or, or, or something. Uh, Sid, weigh in on this. Um, you know, the, the actual economic issues are what drive voters, right? Absolutely. And uh, that we saw that same thing in the U.S. election where you know, poll after poll showed that that was the most significant um, thing for most people was the cost of living crisis. And it, in Ontario, of course, I mean, we're seeing both the rise of, of the sort of huge corporate profits. I mean, $4 billion for Loblaws. We're looking at, what was it, $30 billion for Shell Oil, $4 billion as well for Imperial Oil. They're making money hand over fist and then blaming... Uh, uh, you know, the, the cost of living crisis on, on regulation. So Pierre Polyev is talking about the fact that we need to cut red tape um, to be able to build more housing. And the reality is, is for the ruling class, the housing crisis is not a crisis for them. It is making them tons and tons of money. As I say, the banks, the landlords, the developers, they have more money than they know what to do with at this point. Um, and at some point in the process, there is a possibility that it's going to come back and bite forward. But what we're seeing right now is that it's having a significant impact on people who are joining picket lines. It, we talked about the education workers, but there were tons of other strikes over the course of the last six months. Uh, 45,000 construction workers went out on strike. I walked picket lines for various different groups, including a you know a group of tele, uh, workers at the RBC warehouse out in Scarborough. And every single one of them was talking about the cost of living crisis. They were talking about the fact that their corporations they work for are making billions and billions of dollars, and none of it is going to, to working people. And so there is a fight back and there is a push that's a uh, coming from the bottom up. Yes, yeah, so we're uh, fundraising here on CIUT can win, um, by the way, an all-expenses-paid trip to Iceland, where you can see a much better democracy in action, quite frankly. <laughs> you know, after 2008, they arrested their bankers there. Um, so, you know, enjoy uh, if you win. And that's for any amount. So please, you know, just give what you can and do it online at www.ciut.fm. Uh, just go to Donate. Uh, on the main page, and do mention Radical Reverend. We love it when you do that. Um, Ken Stower, our, our program manager here, just mentioned something that is really important um, and why you should be donating as well to this radio station. There, We are in part supported by uh, a, a portion, a small, very small portion of the student fees, and Ford tried to take that away from us, and would have uh, his move would have killed community radio, really not just here, but if it was successful across Canada. Uh, and he lost. Uh, he it went all the way to the Supreme Court. He lost there, as he has lost in 13 other attempts at the Supreme Court. So your chances are pretty good suing the Ford government um, for just about anything because you will probably win. Um, mind you, he's spending our tax dollars doing it. You don't. You have to spend your own dollars. So a little bit of a you know, not, not equal playing field there. Um, but still another reason why we have to keep alternative radio on 
the air. Where else are you going to hear this kind of discussion? Uh, truly, I mean, you're not going to hear it anywhere anymore um, except in alternative radio. So, so important. And of course, it's not just radio, it's online and it's on podcast for most of the presenters here, as is my show. And so it, it sits there forever um, and you can hear it any time. But we are asking you to donate right now. Don't wait because, um, because it helps momentum and we have to make a hundred thousand dollars and we have a week to do it so um this is just the second day of all of this ah okay so we're at twenty one thousand. so we're almost a quarter of the way there with two days in so this is looking good folk be part of the wave be part of it you know um and support this station uh the radical reverend myself uh, sherry denovo i've been on the air here for well over 20 years. And uh, and if you are in the faith communities, you know that that's been the case. And and again, just thanks for those folk who are in faith communities, who've been part of the show, who represent inclusion, um, diversity, and progress. Uh, and we're going to go um, to another, uh, the second on our, our lineup here of, uh, of, you know, top protest songs. And of course, who else but um, Mr. Marley, uh, Get Up, Stand Up. Uh, stand up for your rights. And we'll be back shortly, but go to your computers, donate now. Living 
And you're listening to the Radical Reverend Show, and we are so very live here. Where do you hear live radio anymore? Not a lot of places. So it, you can hear it here at CIT 89.5 FM, and you have been able to hear it here for 35 years. Imagine that uh, alternative radio that's lasted that long. Uh, it's great to follow Democracy Now!, um, and kudos to them. Uh, that's American, though. This is Canadian, and so if you are Canadian progressive and want to support alternative Canadian progress here at home, right here in the GTA, Buffalo to Barrie, Kitchener to Coburg, uh, you can do that by just picking up the phone uh, and phoning 416-946-7800 uh, or toll-free 1-888-204-8976 or going online and donating. Uh, Radical Reverend Show here with uh, Sid Lacombe from International Socialists, keeping it and holding it down. I want to thank Natalie Harris, who has said she's donating to the Radical Reverend Show. That's great. Thank you, Natalie. Uh, Natalie's a uh, city councillor up in the Barrie area. Um, Here's to all those progressive politicians, especially those that got elected uh, just recently municipally. Um, We have quite a uh, progressive slate in this city. But, Sid, I want to talk international for a minute. Um, We are very aware there is a revolution happening right now in Iran. Uh, Thousands of people are being arrested. They've just said that they're going to start executing people. If they execute everyone they they arrest, we're talking about uh, mass uh, murder of 15,000 plus. And what's impressive to me is this started, of course, uh, about a woman just changing her headscarf, uh, but is now spread to even school kids um, who are defying armies. Um, we need a little bit of that here, don't you think? I'm just thinking of the, the you know, potential for general strike here in this province. And, you know, we, we seem to be so afraid even to just, you know, stand up and support other workers on the picket lines. But, but you've seen some hope there. So... Yeah, I mean, um, the picket lines over the course of the last year in particular uh, have been actually quite astounding. Uh, something about the the consciousness of workers has actually shifted, particularly because of, I think, the some of the rhetoric that came out around the pandemic, right? I mean, all of the workers that we have spoken to in various different lines remember the days when they were called heroes, when they were called essential workers. Um, as I mentioned, we were on a, a picket line at the RBC uh, e-commerce warehouse in Scarborough, and it was one of the most militant groups, I think, 
I've ever seen. They were blocking scab buses. They were fighting with the security. I mean, it was a really incredible strike, mainly women, mainly women of color. Um, and all of them remember very, very vividly when the co company said, we need you to come into work. We know it's going to be unsafe during the pandemic, but don't worry, we'll remember it by the next contract. And then, of course, they wanted to concessions and they wanted to speed up their lines and all of that kind of thing. And the workers simply would not take it. And we've seen that again with the construction workers. I was out on the Nestle picket lines. We've seen uh, numbers of different picket lines. And that's where, that's where we're seeing that sort of hope. And we're seeing the same thing in the U.S. with the union drives that have been developing. I mean, the 200 plus Starbucks um, that have uh, now unionized. And despite all of the anti-union rhetoric that is being thrown at them, I mean, we're seeing Apple stores have unionized. We're seeing the first Amazon warehouses, of course, have unionized. And this is having a significant impact from the bottom up on politics. And part of the reason why that's occurring is because official politics at the top is not speaking to anybody's needs. It is not, it is not sufficiently addressing the kinds of crises that people are feeling. And what people are realizing now is the way you have to sort of push back on this is fight where you are. Fight in the current workplace that you're in. Fighting tenant fights. I mean, I'm in Parkdale and the tenant fights in Parkdale have been phenomenal. And victories. They've had numerous victories over the last little while. And part of the reason for that is for many tenants looking at their situation and looking at where market rents are now at $2,500 for a one-bedroom apartment, they've reached a position where the path of least resistance is to fight. It's to, you have to fight where you are at that moment or you're not going to, or you're going to be on the streets. And so people are seeing that, but we are seeing it internationally. And whenever we start to see those uprisings start developing internationally, we've seen strike waves in the UK. There was a general strike in Greece. You talked about Iran. I mean, the massive demonstrations that are really threatening the Iranian state right now um, are incredibly important and are the type of thing that can give that kind of sense of confidence and sense of, uh, of, of um, sort of raising the horizons that everybody around the world needs right now. And, and so those revolts are continuing to happen at the same time as official politics, as I say, is getting further and further and further out of touch. I mean, Christopher Freeland talking about how you need to cancel your Disney Plus subscription and that's how you're going to be able to deal with the cost of living crisis. How out of touch are you that you think that that is what people are worried about right now? People are worried about keeping food on the table and they're worried about keeping a roof over their heads. It's not about whether or not they're going to be able to watch their Disney. But anyway, again, they're just completely out of touch with, with what's going on. But the hope is there and the hope is coming from the bottom up in, in countries around the world. And so the more we see that, the better. Um, uh, of course, the question of Iran, there is a little bit of a complication in the sense that there is always a far right element in this country who wants to be able to use it um, to justify imperialism. But, you know, other than that, I think we can still support, I mean, we support all of the people who are on the ground fighting against uh, the regime there and the regime that is continuing to oppress people and continuing specifically to oppress women in much the same way that we would stand up to, you know, anywhere where women are, are, are pushing back against some sort of patriarchal regime that exists. Um, speaking here to Sid uh, Lacombe on the Radical Reverend Show, uh, we are asking you today, now is the time to, to call in and to donate to the show, uh, to donate to the station that brings you the kind of content that we bring you on the Radical Reverend Show. I mean, we've been at the forefront of queer rights, been at the forefront of workers' rights, we've been at the forefront of climate justice rights. Um, we are there, we want you to be there too, and we want you to be able to support the voice of that movement. Um, and they all, you know, they, they all have a similarity 
solidarity, and that is um, us against the oligarchs, in a sense. Um, and uh, if you think oligarchs are only in Russia, you are wrong. Um, they're very much here, uh, and, uh, and they're doing well, by the way, just so you know. Um, it's everyone else who's, who's struggling. And if you find yourself struggling, even more of a reason to give. So please do give. Um, just a shout out, uh, this Sunday is a Trans Day of Remembrance, November 20th. Um, at Trinity St. Paul's, please join us. We're going to be doing a special service. Uh, and uh, then on the 24th, we're at Queen's Park for a moment of silence for all those trans and non-binary people that died in the last year. That was my bill that became law. And you will see uh, all of the conservatives, along with everybody else, standing in their seats for that moment of silence. We want to make sure they keep standing uh, in favor because we've seen the pushback uh, about queer rights now in the States, which is terrible terrifying children, children who want to transition, um, being uh, being affected, their health being affected, their parents uh, being charged on occasion in some of the southern states. I mean, this is shocking, um, not only the overturning of Roe versus Wade. And if you think we're safe here, um, oh, uh, yeah, we've got uh, Junior Joplin is trying to call in here. So I'm just going to say, if you want to call in and be on air, if you've been a past guest, it's for one six nine four six seven thousand. So I'm going to let her know that. Um, but do you know? Absolutely, um, do call. Uh, so um, so Sid, let's talk about the rise of the right wing now and them using like Polyev using terms like the elite, etc. Yeah, I mean, the problem, of course, is that under the circumstances, the, the liberals, of course, are, are completely out of touch, as I was just saying. But Polyev is the person who has actually managed to sort of gain the most um, <clears throat> from being in opposition to Trudeau in opposition to sort of the ruling class in general. And it's absolutely absurd because the conservative parties, both on the provincial and, and federal level, have always represented the interests of the bosses. So despite his rhetoric, obviously, that's not what he represents himself. Uh, we've got Junior on the line. Junior, welcome to the Radical Reverend show again. <laughs> hey there. It's good to be back. Now, just if you, if you out there in listener land don't know uh, Junior Joplin, this phenomenal uh, minister, clergy person who was fired from her job for coming out uh, as herself as trans and uh, luckily landed at uh, Metropolitan Community Church. So we're glad you're there, Junia. Um, how goes the struggle? What, what's happening with the lawsuit? Oh, um, it's just going kind of slowly. Um, I, I, I'm not entirely sure, to be quite honest. Um, my... I guess my hope was just to kind of keep fighting it out, but like, I'm not going to be able to do that, you know, financially, it's just not realistic. So um, there may be a settlement, um, which is just, you know, practically the thing that I'm going to have to do. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> There's just uh, whenever you're in the middle of a, a suit like that, you just spend a lot of time in limbo, I guess. Uh, I, I hear you. I mean, I'm so glad that you kind of landed on your feet where you are. Um, what, what, I mean, you see the, the world as it is, and you are American um, originally. And um, yeah. look at what's happening. I was just talking about this, uh, it, especially in some of the states where essentially they've made, you know, coming out as trans illegal for children. Um, talk about that a little bit. You, you know it better than most. Well, sure. It, it's, a, it's a frightening thing to see some of the... Um, some of the measures that are being passed in states like Texas and Arkansas and Florida and considered in other states, essentially any state where 
control is handed over um, almost exclusively to Republicans, that becomes one of their big issues. I think they find it's, um, it's an effective wedge issue that uh, can get their base riled up um, and they can, spread a lot, they can spread a lot of misinformation. And um, they have, you know, folks like The New York Times that, that help spread that misinformation, too. There are, there are just lots of folks really on both sides of the issue that just could stand to be a little bit more informed about what it looks like to be a trans kid, because I know a lot of really well-meaning progressive folks who think, oh, trans kids shouldn't be transitioning, and, or they shouldn't be giving out surgeries to little kids, and that's absolutely not happening. So um, I think one of the things that would really help that um, some of that furor die down is that people on the left would just get a little better educated about what it looks like and what it means to uh, be a transgender child. Uh, speaking to Junior Joplin here, uh, guest on the show a couple of times, um, an incredible activist who has, uh, who has really, um, you know, where some of the starts, of course, uh, and the religious right, um, uh, really gone up against the powers that be to be herself. So, Junior, we're so pleased that you're out there. I hope that you go yeah, to the website and, and, and donate whatever you can. And um, please keep in touch and let us know what's happening with your case. Uh, and also, if you're around um, on Thursday, uh, we're gathering between 9.30 and 10. And any other trans non-binary activists out there, I will be waiting at security at Queen's Park. And we're going to, we're, we've been offered lunch. We're going to be hosted for lunch. And we will be there for that moment of silence at Queen's Park. So do uh, come join me there if you can. Sure, um, thank you. Okay, take care, Junior. Bye-bye. Bye. Uh, so uh, I know that Joel Harden has been trying to phone in. So uh, Joel, when you get a, you know, keep trying. Um, the line is now clear four one six nine four six seven thousand. But if you want to donate, it's four one six nine four six seventy eight hundred. Um, but uh, you know, however you do it, and I know most people are going to do this online, uh, as I did. Triple uh, It's so important that you support ra radio like this. That's about fundamental human rights at the end of it. Uh, that's what we're about. And I have, uh, speaking about such issues, uh, Sid Lacombe from International Socialists uh, in person here. Uh, and I want to get back to what we were talking about, which is uh, the rise of the right and how we can be the rise of the left <laughs> in, con in contrast. Yeah, I mean, what we've been seeing is classic sort of polarization. It's been happening over many, in fact, over many decades right now, but it is accelerated, I think, over the course of the past uh, few years, partly because of the pandemic, partly because of the collapse of, of sort of many of the, the systems that capitalism has put in place. Um, I mean, everything from the supply chain sort of issues to the sort of collapse of the, the social consensus that had sort of governed for, for many decades, um, a sense that people should actually be able to live a life with one job and all of those sorts of things rather than having to take on two. Um, and so the far right is certainly growing. And it's interesting, your last uh, caller there talking specifically about the question of trans rights, how many of the far right groups are trying to use that as a wedge issue to be able to push back. Um, and, and it's true, we, people do need more education on it. When you looked at the convoy demonstrations that were happening in, in Ottawa earlier this year, um, one of the groups that we saw out there as a very organized presence were anti-trans 
trans groups with the first thing we noticed when we saw them was that their signs were very large and very expensive. They have funding. They have people behind them who are trying to use trans rights um, and opposition to trans rights as, as a wedge to be able to push back. Um, they're, you know, of course, finding a certain number of people in the mainstream, the J.K. Rowlings of the world, who are actually sort of echoing some of their positions. And so they're hoping that they're going to be able to build more around it. The New Blue Party um, in, in Ontario was, was campaigning very specifically around trans rights and about pulling uh, all sort of support for LGBTQ rights um, and discussions from public schools. Interestingly, they say that the thing they hate most is cancel culture, and yet they then released a video outlining all of the things that they were going to ban from Ontario schools, including cancel culture, somewhat ironically, uh, critical race theory, um, anything to do with support for, for LGBTQ rights. Um, and they, they're, they're, they're quite open about this, and they are using this as a wedge issue to be able to push back and to be able to build their own base. And, and people are confused at this particular moment around some of these questions. So I do think it's important. I think it's vitally important that the left <coughs> take this up much more broadly and, and uh, do what they can to support trans rights. So, you know, if you can announce when you're going to be doing your events again, that would be great because I think that people will want to get out to them. Sure. Um, so, uh, so again, you're listening to the Radical Reverend Show here, and it's our fundraising show. We do this just twice a year. We have a, a bold target of $100,000 that we're trying to raise for this station and shows just like this. Uh, spoken words so important. Again, we play what nobody else plays. We say what nobody else says. Um, support that alternative. Uh, you're not going to hear a show like this uh, anywhere else on the radio dial. Uh, so, uh, so again, put your money where your ears are and, uh, and please support us. And you know it's not just radio anymore. Of course, it's online all the time. And, uh, and most of the shows that you hear here, uh, including mine, are podcast after a few days on wherever you get your podcasts, SoundCloud, iTunes, blah, blah, blah. Um, so, you know, please, whatever amount, if it's $25, that's great. Um, if it's more, even greater. Um, do not live in fear. That's the message that I hope you take away from this show. Uh, I, we're all struggling financially. Ain't nobody on the show or, or, or probably many of you listening that isn't. Uh, but it's exactly when you need to give. It's exactly when you need to kind of organize, um, get together, build our communities and build our community media. And this is uh, preeminent among them in the GTA, Buffalo to Barry, Kitchener to Cobert. And by the way, you can win a trip to Iceland um, and see uh, a country that actually put their bankers in jail after 2008. <laughs> so go go visit. Um, and also, by the way, way, way better on the environmental file. We were talking about that earlier with, uh, you know, uh, COP27 happening as we speak, um, you know, brought to you by Coca-Cola uh, in the middle of a dictatorship. So <laughs> there right. you go. There are other ways of um, dealing with the climate crisis than that. And we are part of that resistance. Um, just want to talk to you again uh, Sid, about uh, building the left. We know the right is on a roll. Um, and, uh, you know, we've had, we had Mart Stiles here uh, on the show for, for a whole hour, and she is, uh, you'll hear it here first. Um, she's going to be the next leader of the NDP, and that's going to be decided within two weeks. So stay tuned for that. Um, and, uh, and we will continue to try to support progressive politicians, both municipal, provincial, and federal. Um, but they're up against formidable force, right, Sid? Absolutely. I mean, the, the part of the problem, of course, 
is that they're they're up against a media that doesn't want to give them any sort of room. If they're up against a, a set of ideas that are sort of mainstream ideas that have been cultivated by the right for for decades. Um, and it, so it's it's very very tough, I think, on on various different groups on the left. But it's at the same time we need to recognize again the level of anger that exists in society right now in opposition to the oligarchs, as you say, um, in in this country and the policies that would be sort of needed to to create the kind of groundswell that would provide some sort of electoral groundswell need to be further, I think, to the left than what we have been seeing from the NDP. I mean, I, I, I'm happy that, that there was some movement on uh, the idea of universal dental care, but it's still very, very small potatoes when you actually look at the types of crises that we're facing under these circumstances. And right now, the problem is, is that that federal NDP, because they signed the agreement with Trudeau, it, it has really curtailed their ability to be the left pole of attraction, which means all of the opposition to Trudeau, and there is mass opposition to Trudeau, and there should be, is going to Pierre Polyev. And that's ended up being a real problem um, and is, is going to be a problem for an extended period of time. We need to be looking at a very, very different set of uh, politics from the bottom up. And we're seeing it on the picket lines, as I say. We're also seeing it uh, amongst the students and, and youth when we get out to the campus organizing meetings. I mean, I know for us in the International Socialists, we stand out on the streets and we get uh, really remarkably good responses from young people who see that the world actually cannot be fixed under the current electoral process and we need to actually overthrow it to be able to create real change. Um, one of those people who is working for real change and has been a guest on our show is Joel Harden. Uh, and uh, Joel uh, is on the line now. Joel, welcome to the Radical Reverend Show again. Hi, Sherry. How are you? I'm good. Uh, so you're one of those politicians that we, a whole host of people out there, put a lot of hope in because you represent to me the, you know, the very best of what the New Democrats can offer. Um, talk yeah. to us. Talk to us about hope for a minute. Um, I know we defeated uh, Bill 28, but uh, that's just the first kick at the can, right? The first win of what we hope are many. Well, let's talk about, Sherry, for a moment, and you know this very well. Uh, and thank you for those kind words. let Let's talk about how Bill 28 was defeated, just so people don't think it was a couple of shares on Twitter and uh, people causing a ruckus on one day at the legislature. Uh, I want your listeners to know, in case they didn't, that QP uh, organized for better over than a year, probably closer to 14 months, with a union, education workers, custodians, ECEs, EAs, library tech, receptionists, um, in some boards, uh, school bus drivers. They went around Ontario had thousands and thousands of conversations. Hello? Oops. Well, we hope uh, Joel comes back shortly. <laughs> the joys of live radio. Um, while, while we're waiting for Joel to come back, um, let's, keep, let's keep the momentum going out there, please, folk. Uh, do go online, Radical Reverend Show, CIUT, uh, www.ciut.fm. Oh, looks like we might have got him back again. Um, here's hoping. Are you back? Joel, welcome back. <laughs> I can hear you. Can you hear me? Yes, yes, I can. All right, I'll try to be more succinct. <laughs> no problem. The, okay. the QP education workers won because they organized for over a year, and they got an 88% participation rate in their strike vote and a 97% mandate. And when a government wanted to pick on workers with an average wage of $39,000 a year, they defied the law, but they were ready because people organized. And that's my message that you know well to all your listeners. If we want to beat Doug Ford, 
if we want to force the federal government to do something, if we want to force fossil fuel companies, uh, the big landlords in this city, and so many other cities to back down, we have the power to win if we follow the example of QP education workers, get off our keyboards for a little bit, pick up the phone and talk to our neighbors, organize and fight back. That's what QP education workers just showed us. Victory is absolutely possible. Thank you so much. And of course, it's going to continue, um, you know, independently, uh, but also dependently on what happens with the negotiations. And Joel, hope you uh, donate to the Radical Reverend Show and CIUT, www.ciut.fm. Uh, you can count me in, Sherry. Thank, thank you, you thank you. <laughs> no problem. Um, and so back to, to us in, in live in studio here, Sid, in the last few minutes, uh, again, appealing to anybody out there who supports progressive policies and progressive politics. We've had the Green Party on here. We've had socialists. We've had Marxists on here. We have had the left, the lefter, uh, and the leftist on here. Uh, and we, quite frankly, will work with anybody who wants to work with everybody. Um, so that that's the, that's the progressive slant of this show. And we know that religion has a hand in that. Um, so we also f- feature uh, progressive visions uh, and voices from the faith world too. Um, nothing else like it. Um, Sid, you heard uh, Joel talk about organizing just, uh, you know, it's the old, uh, my goodness, this is like a hundred year old line now, <laughs> you know, you know, don't, you know, just, just organize really is, is the t-shirt slogan. Um, so getting out there, doing the, the consciousness raising, doing the education work, talk to your neighbor. Uh, so important to speak across the chasm of difference here. Just because your neighbor says one thing doesn't mean that they're, they might not change, you know, they change their mind. People change their mind all the time. So uh, be that change agent. Anything you'd add to that in terms of getting out there? and? I would just say that Joel was absolutely right. I mean, it starts from the bottom up and it starts from that rank and file mobilization. We see this, I mean, again, I, I'm talking about picket lines because picket lines are the spot where you're actually talking to the workers themselves rather than necessarily the bosses or, or, or people at the top of the unions who may have slightly different uh, interests. But we're seeing the same thing. I mean, anywhere where that rank and file organizing is happening right now, people are fighting back. It's almost like with the tenant organizing in Parkdale, one of the things that's been fantastic is it has been built building by building by the tenants themselves. And it's really fascinating to see that once people realize they can fight back, that there is a strategy to be able to do so, they want to, right? We've been taught most of our lives that there is a power out there that is bigger than us and can't actually be changed. And we need to recognize that when people come out in their masses, as we saw last Friday, well, not last Friday, I guess the Friday before, but with the tenant organizing, with all of the other organizing that we've been seeing, we can actually move things quite significantly and and, and completely reshape the way the world itself is organized. And so that bottom-up rank-and-file organizing, that that sort of grassroots uh, uh, development is incredibly crucial, and it's the thing that's going to be able to push back against the the situation that we find ourselves in right now, which is, you know, groups of psychopaths trying to destroy the planet. So... Uh, and <laughs> groups of psychopaths can try to destroy the planet. It's, it's a good line. I like it. <laughs> um, uh, and you're listening to the Radical Reverend Show here, and we've proved very much uh, that we are both reverent and and radical here on the show. Um, we're going to go out with uh, Public Enemy Fight the Power, but uh, don't go out if you're listening. Um, go to your screens, donate. 
Uh, yes, uh, organize in your workplace. If there's something happening in your workplace and you're unhappy about it, you know, do something about it and somebody will support you in doing something about it. Starbucks has shown that. Amazon has shown that. Uh, you know, Apple has shown that. Uh, if, if those workers can, can show us that, any worker can show us that. And quite frankly, if you're working for salary, you're a worker. So um, know who you are, know where you are, do something about the situation and by all means, speak out. Just think of those kids in Iran. Um, so keep donating. You don't have to stop just because the hour is up. Uh, we're going to hear Public Enemy. We've been featuring uh, protest songs here throughout the uh, decades. And I want to give special thanks to Sid for helping us do this this hour uh, from International Socialists. Uh, and uh, wherever you are, uh, be the change that you want to see in the world. Till next time on the Radical Reverend Show. Yet our best trained, best educated, best equipped prepared troops refuse to fight. Matter of fact, it's safe to say that they would rather switch than fight.